You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast presented by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is the fantastic Kate Majuk. You can follow her on Twitter at FFBallBlast. Kate, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. I'm so ready for this weird uh, conglomerate of football players that are going to be uh, playing the scrimmage tonight. <laughs> this is going to be so, so interesting. Um, I, I don't I don't even know what to make of it. I can't decide. Am I going to, to play some DFS? Is it worth it? Could I could I hit the jackpot? Because it's going to be random anyway, right? Mm. Like, is there yeah. any strategy to anything tonight? I don't know. Um, but we're definitely what's in for Trent interesting. Taylor's, what's Trent Taylor's ownership going to be in DFS this week? I mean, it has to be 100%, right? Like, the there's nobody else. The only left on the roster. Oh, man. It's going to be just crazy. And I cannot wait for it. I'm counting down the minutes till Thursday night football. So 2020. Uh, Exactly. It, it really is. It's a perfect example of 2020. Um, Kate, we've got a packed show for you today and for, for you guys listening out there. So I want to go ahead and jump into some of the biggest storylines of the week. And we've got to start with Mr. Big Chest, Antonio Brown. Uh, I kind of forgot that that was even his nickname until we got to the segment. But um, he is back. Uh, so let's talk about Antonio Brown's dynasty value, how we expect Tampa Bay to use him. Uh, how do you think he'll fit in with, with Tampa Bay? Uh, Kate, I'll just I'll, I'll let you go. What do you think of Antonio Brown in Tampa Bay? Um, I think he is, he's going to be involved immediately, which is, is kind of insane. But, um, I mean, we, we hear that he has been living with Tom Brady. That Tom sounds Brady, like a bad idea, doesn't oh, it? Oh, it does. But you know what? Tom Brady clearly has this affinity and affection for Antonio Brown. If there's anybody that will keep his head on straight, I, it's got to be Tom Brady, right? So, like, you have these guys who, it, you know, clearly there's – there's some chemistry there between the two of you. He stepped into the lineup immediately last season for one game and showed out. There's a reason Tom Brady wanted him here so desperately. That was not Bruce Arians. I, I'm going to project him for probably six targets this week. Is that too much? No, I think it's too little. I yeah. think he's going to get like double-digit targets. I, I really do. Uh, I, I want to talk about where do we think he's going to play because – um, obviously, Mike Evans is going to play on the outside. Is there any chance that Brady puts him in the slot and uses him there just because he, he typically has always utilized the slot receiver so much? Or do you think they'll keep him on the outside? I think they'll keep him on the outside. I think that uh, Tom Brady, <laughs> I don't think it's going to matter, honestly, where Antonio Brown is. I think he's going no. to be, he's going to find him. But that is where Antonio Brown does so much of his magic. He, that's where he can make this, you know, spectacular, uh, spectacular big grabs, nice plays after the catch. Um, I, I just think that you know it, it's going to be hard to uh, find this balance between like what do we do with Mike Evans? He's not really been uh, a part of of this 
offensive game plan to begin with outside of the red no. zone. So why not, you know, utilize Antonio Brown there? And that's that's what he's that's what he's good at. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you, do you think long term and like, let's say you're playing a redraft league or whatever. Do you think Brown holds a more value than Mike Evans? Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I yeah, don't think it's probably. particularly close. We were talking about last week or two weeks ago that Mike Evans was near droppable in redraft leagues, right? I mean, he he scored a touchdown last week to, to save his value. But, man, other than that, it, it's been really rough over the last four weeks for, for Mike Evans. You know, just 143 yards. He does have the two touchdowns to kind of salvage the, the, the value. But... The targets just aren't there. We're used to seeing Mike Evans, you know, among the league leaders in targets, and now just 20 targets over the last four games. So he's really been more of a role player rather than like a bona fide number one receiver, right? Yeah, and I think the confusing thing is it's not that there are so many targets to go around that uh you know like he's he's got so many offensive right. weapons he's he's feeding targets to um Jadon Mixon Mickens I like yep. I mean I didn't know who he was until last week I didn't either a and, million passes but that's that's sort of the way that this offense has carried out and I mean it's it's working they're winning games but you gotta wonder just what what is going on there because it just hasn't um, you know, like I, I noted the chemistry with Antonio Brown and uh, with Tom Brady. You just have to wonder if, I mean, Mike Evans and, and him just clearly aren't on that same page. And it's no, not, not not something that Tom Brady is willing to force the way that, that Jameis Winston was. So I think, I don't know, he's got to he's, he's gonna take a hit. Um, All right. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be kind of rough there for Evans. Um, I want, I want to play a little game real quick, Kate, before we move on. Once Chris Goblin is back, I want you to rank these receivers that you would you would like to have for the rest of the season between Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, and Chris Goblin. Which is the one to own? Who is going to have the, the least value there? Oof. Um, I th- oof, God. It's kind of crazy, but I, I think I would want Antonio Brown there. I, I agree. I think that's <laughs> the right answer. I, I just think... With all this time and effort that Brady put into to getting Brown on this team, having him stay at his house, it's not like he's only going to give him one or two targets a game. You know, like if he's this invested in Antonio Brown, he's going to prove to everybody that it's worth it, right? And I think he's going to get a bunch of targets. Okay, but what about after that, Godwin or Evans? Godwin, I, I just, <laughs> I think that you know what. What we have to look at is just the the larger potential for volume, but here's the real question. So we we've said that you know if we're looking rest of season, like this is a dynasty podcast, so let's frame it as if you are a contender. Um, mm-hmm. Like I don't think it's a bad idea to go buy Antonio Brown if you are a contender. What do you what do you buy him for? Like what? I think that's. The, the biggest question is determining the, mm. the the trade value there. So if we're talking a draft pick, I feel like I, the Antonio Brown owner wouldn't give him away for a second round pick, right? That's probably too low. Probably too low. So which mean, and you're not giving up a first rounder, at least in my eyes for Antonio Brown. So it almost has to be a player swap, right? It has to be like a young receiver for Antonio Brown. So in that case, 
would you give away somebody like Darius Slayton for Antonio Brown? If I'm a contender, probably. Um, I would. I would agree. And I think like that. That is the question. It's not like you are not trading for Antonio Brown if you are not on the cusp of a championship. Uh, I think the key is is looking at Antonio Brown like a, a potential league winner here that you're buying at a mm-hmm. discount, but you know his time is limited. Um, what about uh, like a Jalen Rager? You know, see, that was the next guy I had on the list. I think that's really interesting because he was somebody that was going at the end of the first round in Dynasty drafts this year. Um, when he's played, he's been good, but there's been injury concerns. If I'm contending, I probably would have no problem trading Lou Rager. I, pro- I I think I'd be okay. Now, if I'm if I'm somebody who's rebuilding and I picked up Antonio Brown in free agency or he was on my team and this is the reason why I'm rebuilding, yeah, I, I think I'd do that in a heartbeat. So that one's really interesting to me. I like that. Um, how about like Brandon Ayuk? Or is that too much potential you're giving up? I think that's too much potential you're giving up because we're already seeing – uh, what he can do in just it they're in a crappy situation right now that this 49ers yeah. roster isn't in a good place I think we're already seeing him yep. Yep. uh you know sort of exceed what I thought his potential would be especially without all of these offensive weapons in in their pockets um so I'm I'm holding Brandon Ayuk I think that um you know I, I was high on enough on him coming out of the draft that you know, we we've already seen it. So like when I'm I'm thinking about these these players, like it, think about your your pre or your post draft evaluations, and then see mm-hmm. have they come close to that. Like Jalen Rager is a guy that you know though we, I mean just the dynasty community at large was very uh, very pro Jalen Rager. We still haven't mm-hmm. really seen that come to fruition. So I that that's sort of my threshold is is for making that decision and trade away uh you know for for a contending piece right now is have we seen the the flashes at least of uh what we drafted him in rookie drafts to be yeah kate we're gonna do uh, another segment on some guys that you might want to trade away if you're contending uh we're gonna do that in just a second but i wanted to tell you guys about built bar Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors and a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste absolutely fantastic, and they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your first box. Again, that is BuiltBar.com. All right, Kate, let's talk about three players who have a ton of dynasty value that you should maybe consider trading away if you are really set on competing for a championship this year. And let's start with tight end George Kittle. Uh, Earlier in the week, we found out that George Kittle broke a bone in his foot. Uh, It sounds like he could be out anywhere between four to six weeks. Uh, he could be Kittle said he'd be out two weeks. I'm not buying that. No. Nope. Uh, but it sounds like this is going to cost him most of the season. It wouldn't even be all that surprising if the 49ers just shut him down. Um, we were kind of talking pre-show about Kittle's dynasty value, and I think both you and I agree that he is still the tight end two in dynasty. But if you have a good team right now and you're sitting at seven and one, or maybe even eight and zero. Oh, and Kittle's on your team, and you just don't have another tight end option. 
Are you considering moving him for a maybe a you know a little bit lesser tight end, even though you know you're not getting quite as much value? Would like would you trade him for a Darren Waller or a Mark Andrews if you if you really think you could win this year? It's such a tough situation, right? Because you have you know this guy that I feel like is pretty indisputably like the the tight end too. I don't think you know. I, oh Darren yeah, Waller you can even make pre- a case. Doesn't say you can even make a case he's tight end one, depending on the week, right? Depending on the week, I think you know. There's there's nothing to. Um, I think the only thing really keeping him from that ceiling is is just you know his availability. Um, yeah. You know when you look at his production next to Travis Kelsey. You just see that Kelsey's available more often, yeah. Um, so yeah. that's really the only the only difference there. But if you are contending, um, I mean, George Kittle is such a huge value. But God, it's so hard because you know when you look at this 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 crapshoot of a position, um, God, from a week to week basis, you've got. Um, so many tight ends available on your dynasty waiver wires who are somehow yeah. ranking top 10. So I, I think that's the, the, you know, question you ask yourself, is it worth it to um, give away this, this premier asset, um, you know, just for the, the opportunity at stability, I think Darren Waller probably would be the best, the best asset to target here. If you are, um, you know, a contender who's looking for just a, a, a viable, safe, uh, safe tight end to get you through the rest of the season. Yeah, Waller, since his breakout last year, has actually been pretty consistent. He's averaging about 68 receiving yards per game. Now the touchdowns are pretty, pretty low. They have been better this year. He has three touchdowns in eight games this year. Uh, excuse me, in seven games this year. Uh, last last year he had three and 16 so you're hoping that touchdown total creeps up to six or seven um again i wouldn't be opposed to making that move because you're still getting you know a relatively young tight end uh, only 28 years old you're getting somebody who's getting a lot of targets but you have to realize the upside and specifically the yardage upside here just isn't quite the same but again if you if you believe this is your time to strike while the iron's hot, it, it's not the worst idea in the world. Let's go to another player, Kate. In this one, it seems like we talk about him every week on this show, but uh, he's an important player for fantasy and for dynasty teams, and that is Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he listen, he has just not been very good the last couple weeks. I I I don't know what's going on. We thought he was a a perfect fit in this Colts offense. Uh, just two carries last week for 11 yards. They're using Jordan Wilkins ahead of him. Naheem Hines is getting all the work in the passing game. What do we do with Jonathan Taylor? Because I'm looking at rankings right now for Dynasty, and he's still in the top three or four names. Uh, but he's not performing like that at all. In most weeks, he's a low-end RB2. What do we do with Jonathan Taylor? If I'm If I'm the Jonathan Taylor manager and I've... Uh, been able to keep myself in contention and I think I've got to run at it I'm so selling him I am I am so fine with that um you know he was my RB1 this season uh, in rookie drafts mm. and he's not performing like that but I think you have this rare window of opportunity where um you know you do have people still valuing him within that top five even though we've never seen him look like the Jonathan Taylor uh, we've we've expected. 
um, which is sort of a, a blessing. Like at this time, I, I feel like we've seen more out of J.K. Dobbins than we have oh, without a doubt. from Jonathan yeah. Taylor, and Jonathan Taylor still holds that top tier value. So, I mean, if you if you can swap Jonathan Taylor for for J.K. plus um, you know, the, so this is kind of a, a crazy, crazy sentiment. The, the name that keeps popping into my head for Jonathan Taylor, and it's because I think this would eke out the most potential value for you. God, if you could do Jonathan Taylor for James Robinson, plus, plus, plus. Yeah, well, that's, that's funny because I was thinking as you were talking there, if you just remove the names and you remove like where we thought about these guys pre-draft and stuff. James Robinson looks like the guy that was the Heisman Trophy candidate, right, in the superstar athlete coming out of uh, the combine. But, you know, that just hasn't been the case. He's playing behind a lesser offensive line in Jacksonville, behind a worse quarterback situation, and he's still outscoring him somehow in, in, in these games. And the game scripts aren't, you know, they're not going Jacksonville's way. They're not able to run the ball a ton in the fourth quarter. It's it's been rough, and I, I'm not sure when it's going to get better. I think. Listen, I saw some people in the dynasty community today start, you know, posting the uh, the videos and the gifts of like holes he's missing, and that just brought me back to the days of Trent Brown in Indianapolis when he was doing this, right? Uh, or Trent, Trent Brown, Trent Richardson. Remember when Trent Richardson, uh, when everybody loved him, and he was the number one dynasty running back because. Uh, the athleticism and the situation, and it just really never worked out. So um, I, I've got a couple trades for you but before we move on. Jonathan Taylor for Josh Jacobs. Which side do you like better? I'll take Josh Jacobs. I, I, I think I agree with you. Uh, Jonathan Taylor or Joe Mixon? I know how much you hate Jonathan Joe Mixon, Taylor. So is, yeah. <laughs> that's, not really, that's not quite fair. Um, how about Derrick Henry? So now Henry's still producing like a top running back. Now he is going to be 27 here soon. So there's an age part of this, but which one would you rather have long-term? You know, it, I mean, if I'm contending, obviously it's got to be, got to be Derrick Henry. He's, uh, he's showing no signs of, of slowing down the offense, you know, despite giving him this huge contract, I thought they would ease the workload. They're yeah. not. Um, nope. They're still utilizing him just as heavy as ever. So um, I think I'd go with Derrick Henry there, even despite the age. Um, I, their scheme is, is fully um, molded to Derrick Henry. He has shown availability. It's not like, you know, Jonathan Taylor's this guy that's had, you know, Antonio Gibson number of touches. I mean, he's mm. he's been utilized as a, a heavy workhorse his entire career, too, and, and through college. But... I think then I'm just I'm rolling with Derrick Henry because I know I know what I'm getting with Derrick Henry. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to flip this next one for you. So let's say that you want to contend this year, uh, and you have Saquon Barkley on your team. Would you trade Barkley for Jonathan Taylor? Ooh. Because I actually have this exact situation in a dynasty league. Uh, I'm seven and one right now, and I've got Barkley sitting on my injured reserve list, and I'm thinking. Do I, do I cash it in now and try to get somebody who can give me some value or do I just hold and wait till next season? See, I think that I think it's totally reasonable if you're the Barkley manager and you're in a, a spot like this to um, you know to, to try and find a good trade. but I think you can do better than Jonathan Taylor. Okay. All right, we'll have to talk after the show, so you can give me some, uh, some, some tips there. Um, last one, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Ugh. 
Yeah, I know. You, don't, you really don't want either of those guys. That's. I think we can just leave it at that. That's the perfect answer for, for Taylor and Elliot this year. Um, <laughs> Who'd have thought? Yeah, exactly. One last guy I want to talk about potentially cashing in right now, and that's Amari Cooper. Now, Cooper's is different because it's not necessarily anything that he's done. He's. I mean, he's still the Cowboys' best receiver. He's only 26 years old. We saw in the first four games of the season with Dak Prescott, just phenomenal. You know, averaged over 100 yards per game. Uh, they didn't target him a ton in the red zone, but, um, you know, was performing like a, you know, wide receiver one. But since Prescott's went down, the, the, the targets have gone down, and so has the efficiency. Over the last four games, 17 receptions, 187 yards, and one touchdown, um, averaging only six and a half targets per game. You know, that's down quite a bit from the first month of the season when he was averaging almost 13. What do we do with Amari Cooper, Kate? Do we just ride it out for this, you know, the second half of this season and then get back our, you know, low end wide receiver one in 2021? Or are you looking to cash him in for, you know, anything right now? I think, um, you know, the, the interesting thing about Amari Cooper specifically is like for me, his contract situation, um, you know, as soon as he was signed to that mega hundred million dollar deal, um, everybody had already picked apart, um, each, each, uh, year along the way that, you know, Dallas could somehow, uh, eke out of that contract. Um, you know, it, I feel like everybody sort of looked at this as a, a shorter term play, a two-year deal for the most part. Yeah, to, to yep. try and, you know, go all in, which, uh, God, if they still had Dak Prescott, if they had invested anything in the, the defense to, um, you know, help their cause a bit, um, they they probably would have been in a, a good spot for that. But, um, mm. you know, I, I think there's enough questions surrounding Amari Cooper that I'm willing to, to cash in. Um you know, I, I don't know that he's going to lead you to a fantasy championship this year, no matter how many targets he sees the rest of the season, because you, you just know that the quality of those targets is so low. Yeah. Um, there's just so much going on. There's so many moving bits. Um, you know, it, Zeke Elliott, it, it's sort of like this catch 22. He's not playing particularly well, um, which doesn't help, you know, the the backup quarterbacks establish any sort of a rhythm in the passing game it's just this no never ending conglomerate of grossness so like who's a player I, that you would like to mm. uh, to trade amari cooper for if if you're you know sort of in this this awkward stage like will fuller he's the guy that yeah. doesn't have a ton of dynasty value but like god if you could get a, a will fuller plus like I think Will Fuller has more value rest of season. Yeah. So what I'm probably trying to do, I'm I'm gonna be aggressive if I'm an Amari owner, right? I'm gonna look at older receivers that still have a ton of value right now. So like an example, um, I probably would go after Tyler Lockett, right? 28 years old, and they they would shoot me down probably without a doubt, considering how well he's playing. But that's the the type of player, the Keenan Allen. I think that's another example. 28 and a half years old. Maybe some, you know, once we approach that 30 mark, dynasty owners just love to sell those guys. I mean, what about uh, Julio Jones? <laughs> He's. Now, that's an interesting one because Julio is quite a bit older, um, but man, he's still so good. Oh, see, that one, that's, that's tough. I mean, I would, I, would, I would trade Amari for Julio, but I don't think the Julio owner would do that, though. I think They're it definitely depends on. on which stage in your dynasty you are in. 
Um, uh, I would agree. Uh, how about for one younger player? Ready? Would you trade Amari Cooper for Terry McLaurin? I would, actually. That, I, I think I that's a nice, well. a nice, uh, a nice trade-off. You're looking at, uh, you know, Terry McLaurin isn't necessarily as flashy, but he's consistent, um, and we've seen him through every stage of this Washington offense. Like, it, it hasn't really mattered who's been under center. It hasn't mattered what the the run game has looked like. He's just been Terry McLaurin. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a guy that I think is a um, a perfect swap because uh, you are sort of trading that super elite upside for just that beautiful high-end consistency. Please send us your Amari Cooper Dynasty trades. I, I would really like to see them. Uh, send them to the show at Locked On Dynasty. I, I would like to see what kind of value people are getting for Amari Cooper now because early in the season he was a super stud and now he's barely playable. So uh, again, at Locked On Dynasty, we want to see those trades. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll do some promotion commotion. All right, Kate, let's do our final segment of the week, Promotion Commotion. We're going to promote these guys from deep on our benches into our starting lineups. Uh, I mentioned Trent Taylor at the top of the show. Uh, He's literally the only receiver left for the 49ers tonight. Uh, He's going to get 35, 40 targets. No, he's not going to get that many. It's going to feel like that. Uh, I think if you need a flex, he's a good one. Uh, Give us another one, Kate. Uh, I'm going to go with with Marvin Hall. We've got Kenny Galladay, who is – uh, out of this week's lineup with a, a hip issue, we don't necessarily know when he is going to be returning. But um, it, Marvin Marvin Hall has been a guy that's you know done done pretty well when he was asked mm-hmm. to step up last week. Uh, played sixty nine percent of offensive snaps, reeled in four receptions for one hundred and thirteen yards. Did have a touchdown in week two against Green Bay. Now they get the Vikings, who have just not been able to stop anything. Um, no. You know, I, I think that uh, they've they've sort of created this this perfect recipe for uh, opposing offenses to to keep throwing the ball. And, um, you know, I, I just think the the potential ceiling there with the potential target share, um, you know, you might see Marvin Hall at least have, uh, I, I think, a 50 receiving yard game and, and a touchdown would would be a good day for him. I like it. That's a good call. Um, uh, if you need a running back, listen, go out and get Benny Snell. He might already be out of your bench, but uh, this Cowboy-Steeler game is going to be ugly. I think there's some garbage time potential here. Uh, the Cowboys gave up 162 yards to Kenyon Drake. Uh, they gave up 130 yards to Antonio Gibson. Uh, they gave up almost 100 yards to Boston Scott. They don't mind just giving out yardage to, to average running backs. So, uh, Benny Snell in this game, don't be surprised if he gets a ton of second-half carries. Maybe he gets into the end zone. Again, a really low-end RB2. But, hey, if, you, if you're in a bad spot this week, maybe, maybe you had some of those Green Bay running backs. Uh, Benny Snell's not a bad option. All right, give us one more, Kate. All right, I'm going to go with Deshaun Hamilton, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. We've got uh, Tim Patrick, who's been hampered with a hamstring injury. It doesn't sound like he's uh, going to be in this week's active lineup. Uh, so you, you have some target availability there. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton, he did actually uh, perform last week. I know that that was a, oh God, that was a crazy game. You got to love the uh, the swagger of, of Drew Locke. I have to say that. If you can mm-hmm. sell Drew Locke right now based on just his, yes, his swag, 
I'm I'm gonna be because he's not good. That's the bad thing. He's, he's not, he's good. not that good. No, no, no. <laughs> Let's not get it twisted. He's not good. Um, but they they are a, a fun team to to watch at times. Um, Deshaun Hamilton, he's he's definitely been sort of like that Tim Patrick role where you know he doesn't get a ton of snaps uh, on a regular basis, but. I feel like every time we see him have the opportunity for snaps, he has performed, um, you know, yeah. like late, late last season um, games, uh, sorry, 15 and 16 for the Denver Broncos. He had six uh, for 65 and a touchdown five for 65. Whenever he's getting these offensive snaps, he's actually been uh, pretty decent. He knows the scheme. He is uh, in his third year. I think he's a, a fine option. And then, um, you know, we can just look at the matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, going to be going to be an interesting, interesting game. Um, you know, I, I think there's just so many points uh, available to be scored against the Falcons. Uh, you know, it's going to be a, a dome game. I, I I like the the shot for him to like I said I, a very Marvin Hall like day, maybe sure. 50 yards and a, a touchdown. Yeah, and any time that you're playing in a dome against Atlanta, just put as many of those guys into your lineup as possible because we know the Falcons will give up yardage and points, and it, it would not be surprising at all if Deshaun Hamilton uh, has a big game there in Atlanta. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. And again, send in your Amari Cooper trades. Uh, you can follow Kate at FF Ball Blast. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy week nine, and we will, be, we will be back on Monday to wrap up all of the action over the weekend.